trust the movement I negate the chaos Uplift the negative I'll show up at the table again and again Welcome to Grassroots Ohio Conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Dion Green, son of Derek Fudge, who was shot the night of August 4, 2019, in the mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio. Dion Green is the founder CEO of Fudge Foundation, named after his father, and with an acronym that means Flourishing Under Distress, Given Encouragement. Fudge Foundation is a 501c3 nonprofit that helps survivors through traumatic experiences with resources and support. The foundation seeks to support individuals on their journey of grief and healing through the delivery of support, service, and advocacy at both a local and national level. Mr. Green has his MBA from Keller's Graduate School in Business Administration and a Bachelor of Science from DeVry University in Business Administration. Mr. Green is a certified peer support specialist with the state of Ohio. Mr. Green is a survivor. He speaks around the country and in communities that have been impacted by gun violence. In addition, he serves on the board of felons with a future, Upturn Ohio, and numerous other community initiatives and support networks across the country. Mr. Green is the published author of his memoir, Untitled Act of God, Act of Man. He is a 2021 graduate of Leadership Ohio and recipient of multiple awards and recognitions from local officials and governors. Mr. Green is a mentor, leader, and change agent for the community, working to help communities to heal. Welcome, Dion. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I'm very happy to have you on my show. We met on March 28th, at the Ohio Senate Democratic Candidate Debate at Central College in Wilberforce, Ohio. We were both there supporting Morgan Harper's progressive agenda. And today we meet again after the Buffalo mass shooting where a self-proclaimed white supremacist killed 10 people, injuring three, all going about their Saturday afternoon grocery shopping. So first of all, how are you doing? Um, I'm making it. I'm currently out here in Buffalo right now with the families and, and speaking and, you know, out here. So, um, just re-traumatizing, you know, just hearing about how his, the shooter came onto the scene with the illegal ammunition. It, it's all too familiar with, but um, yesterday we got in here and um, we, we hit the ground running and started being a support family and community and uh, just speak to them about, uh, the process and, and what, what they're going to go through, they're going to continue to go through. Uh, for people to understand the impact of violence, they don't just, just mess with us till we put our loved ones in the ground. It's a lifetime of up and downs. And, um, right now, this is a, a down moment for me because I'm going on I'm going on year three, and it's like day one all over again. Yeah, I know that for people that have suffered trauma to be in that same environment or to, to be exposed to it can really trigger that for you. And for you to put yourself into that situation is very brave. Where do you go to get strength and support to be able to do your advocacy work? I mean, you know, first and foremost, God, but also 
the people that I keep around keeps me up and motivated with a positive attitude and you know, just staying stable. But you know, over there, I do have my moments where I do I do break down, but to myself, you know, get out to the public, you know, surrounded. You know, I'm going through it in that moment. But um, my energy just comes from, you know, um, every time I approach another survivor from my experience, gun violence, type of violence, target once I hear the story. So you know, I always use the story of Superman. Gun uh, was his energy and kryptonite was his weakness. When I speak to a survivor, anybody that's a victim, that's the kryptonite. Dion, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, um, I'm you're cutting out a lot. Um you hear me better now? Yes, please. Thanks. Yes, I don't yeah. want I don't want people to miss your story. So um, you know, um, I always use my story as Superman, as the sun was his energy and the kryptonite was his weakness. I'm a post survivor and hear their story. That's my kryptonite traumatizes me. I know what they're going through. But my energy, the thing that keeps me going is when I hear that survivor speak out on how they're feeling, but also putting one foot in front of the other and moving forward. And that right there is just powerful because one of us had the story to share and you don't know who that can touch. So. Yeah, I'm still having you go cut out on me sometimes. So we'll just do our best, okay? Right. Okay, how will the Fudge Foundation, how will you go forward? Um, as the CEO of the Fudge Foundation, you yourself just went directly over, well, not directly, but a couple of days afterwards to Buffalo. What are you going to do right now for the people of the people that are suffering in Buffalo? And and what will you continue to do? Oh, well, first of all, they're my family now. Yeah, they're in this network that they didn't ask to be a part of, so bond that we're going to have for life uh second of all i'm going to be that shoulder that they can lean on but i'm also going to give them the advice on what they're going to feel and what they're going to go through just like i would young lady that lost a love know that it's okay uh, and, and 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 lean on your family's shoulder and let the community uplift you right now so, um continue support and help them just navigate through their journey you know it's never ending never ending and that's what a lot of people like just cause it's two years from now, we all right. No, we're just, we're just, we're, we're, just, we're doing okay, but we're not all right. I noticed on your website for the Fudge Foundation that, that you have events where people can check in. And um, can you talk about some of the things you offer where people could check in and get, and maybe, or you have links to mental health resources. Yes. What are some of these connections that you have? So I, I, I host a, a, a various descriptions of webinars from mental health to trauma, to agency, to suicide prevention, to, uh, you know, how to coping with triggers and stuff like that. So you can just go on my website and see what is on the agenda and you can sign up on the links. And whether it's in person or via Zoom, the link or get you the address to where it's at. Um, the resources is I have resources all over. So um, whatever state I'm in, if a person needs to be connected, I can reach out and get them connected. But what people fail to realize survivors like me and other ones here, they don't want to talk to somebody that, you know, they were, they want to talk to somebody that's relatable. 
dude. So it's it's my resources is a little bit different than a lot of other resources. From lived experience, relatable. You've gone through it, and still going through it. Right. I don't think you ever, probably ever, right, gone through it. Um. Let's talk about your story, and you know, you were out with your father, and um, and just talk about. We don't have to go. We can go where you want to go with it. But I want to hear about the relationship you had with your father and and then how you decided to to take that heartbreak and trauma and do something beyond yourself to maybe help other people. Yes. Uh, well, you know, as I always share, uh, growing up, my father was always mean, just a father. But as I got older, but a big kid. You know, big kid. Uh, got older, our bond got closer. We loved to fish a lot. Uh, we loved drinking our annuals. That was our drink. Um, but yeah, man, he was just a, a family-oriented guy and would give you his shirt off the back. You know, um, very well known in the community. Where I didn't even think that people knew who he was. Where I get that through the day, like, hey, I knew your father. So um, yeah, man, he was a um, he was he was a light in a dark place, and have him snatched away the way he happened all the lives was just it's still a, it's still a it's still a nightmare that i still don't believe on uh, three years that we haven't went fishing or hung out out back or just the little things that matters um yeah, is it's, it's a little different yeah and right now you are particularly in a um sad place because you're yeah. reminded of it all over again right and, you know that day you know, I just didn't think it would have been the last day out of my father you know um, 2019 the mass shooting was my first traumatic event that I experienced that year um, May 31st I was in tornadoes that came to Dayton, Ohio that hit my house and stuff while I was there and that was the first day that I got with my family on August 4th and um, friend we went canoeing, and then after that, we came up to Dayton, to the Oregon District. I live in Dayton, and um, we was having a good time. Um, while we were standing there, I just seen a gentleman walk down the side of a building with a body armor and um, assault-style rifle gun uh, in the uh, walking lanes and um, started firing. Initially, I didn't think it was real. Right. Um, you know, walked across the street, that's over my fiance. Um, the gunshots going on, but I would tell my dad to get up and let's get out of here. But the shooter's sister was in front of me saying that she had been shot, so now I was trying to call the police. Um, prior to that, I'm going back and forth, returning back and forth, telling my dad to get up while I'm shining the light on his chest, you know, bullet holes or nothing like that. So I'm and as I bend down a little bit more, I find my light around his head area. And I seen the blood coming out of them areas. And I immediately start promising the car and um, just trying to keep him here. Um, yes. And make Yeah. In November 2021, the FBI came out with a report on the Dayton shooter. As reported by Channel 5 Cincinnati, Ohio, 
The investigation revealed acted alone, was not directed by any organization or aligned to a specific ideological group. Excuse you know, me. Yes. Please don't say. Don't say the name. Don't say it. I won't. You don't do that. I'll take it out. Okay. All right. Sorry. No, I honor that. Um, you were quoted as reaching out to FBI for more information. Did you find out more information? Yes, the FBI closed our case with the most stupidest type of vision ever. Uh, they closed it with years of bystander fatigue. Um, I had to figure out what that was, but bystander fatigue is they, me and you are brothers and sisters and we have an older brother. I'm the baby and I just kept saying, I hate him, I'm gonna kill him one day. You hear it so much, you just start to ignore it. You know, it's the fatigue, the bystander. But that's what that's what they diagnosed our, our crew with. Years of bystander fatigue, but as soon as he did the shooting, all the students from the school got on the television and that he had a murderless rape. There's only four years in high school. Where's the prior six at? That's why I'm not understanding how, if it's 10 years and y'all been knowing this, God, it's just, just a bunch of BS to me. On label with a hate crime. I don't know why Dayton does don't do that, but it clearly was a hate crime. Yeah. Sister, if you look his sister up in the national database, mass shooting, she was a transgender. Her name is Jordan Coffer, but her real name is Megan. Um, it was so you had transgender, you had uh Salee from another country, and you had the rest black and two other whites. So but they don't they don't never label that's that's why I always call it. Yeah. So then um the Buffalo killer describes himself as a white supremacist and anti-Semite. And this hate speech, this hate strategy, these hate killings of innocent people, what can we do to face this hate and I mean, to shift it? I mean, first, we got the knowledge that it's real, and that it's still here, and that it's still present. You know, yeah. it's, coming, it's coming out more to the, yeah. to the front, but there's a lot that are still hidden behind them closed yeah. doors. But... Um, it's time to face it. I've been on this real. Uh, this is not the only first racially motivated mass shooting. My good friend Sharon Risher lost her mother in the Emanuel Nine, you know, by the, by, the, by their shooting. You know, yeah. so, you know, first we, we have to address the issue of racism. It's, it's here. Uh, you know, they've been speaking on this replacement theory, you know, and we're trying to face whites and stuff like that. And it's I, I just don't know. And some people are just stupid and believe it and do dumb things, evil things that are putting people in in a world that they don't want to be in. It, the conversation needs to be brought up and it needs to be talked about across the country, which we already know that it exists, but it's time to be on the forefront now and really speak up on it because it's always going to be a copycat and there's probably already somebody sitting here trying to think about doing the same thing. This, this, this. What can, in your three years of advocacy, what can you tell our listeners? These are activists in Ohio and, and concerned citizens. What, and there's all races, 
that listen, what what can you say to us that would that you think would be a beginning to help? So, you know, first and foremost, change, vote. But voting means don't let just these people who had to run for office, just get in there, ask them a million questions, see what they really are standing for and you're standing with, you know, so bring that, bring that awareness. So if there's, if there's a community that don't know what's going on or what type of bills or who's the elected official is, share that information with the community. Keep everybody aware of what's going on. You know, they always say, how can we help you? So, um, as I was telling one of the survivors yesterday, it sucks, but our pain is the one that really brings changes in the country that we have to experience that but we can't do it alone we need we need everyone around to be with us to make our voice stronger and louder and more threat and presence to uh, to 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 stand in front of these elected officials or whoever it may be to create this change you know um i can do all the fight in the world but if i don't have people standing beside me or behind me you know the the, the unity doesn't look doesn't look stronger than it should be and people just you know and i and i know this fight is very um it's up and down it don't seem like we're moving nowhere you know seem like we're going we're going backwards instead of moving forward but we can't give up we can't give up i mean we owe it to ourselves and ones that are not here to not give up and continue to to keep fighting because one day it will happen whether here to see it or not but you know i just want to equip younger leaders platform and education and, and, and resources also I can spark something in them to keep this going on, to keep it going until we see a change. I mean, hell, we're back. We've been fighting all these years and we're back still uh, fighting for voting rights again. Society sometimes um, is like a pendulum. Sometimes it goes one way and goes this way. We've seen it in the, our country, you know, more with more progressive eras and more recessive eras. Seems like we're going back in all and, kinds of ways, in all kinds it, of rights. Everyone's rights are being are being attacked. Yeah, and and it's and it's such, you know, um I, I do this fight alone. You know, I really don't, you know, I am not profitable. You know, a lot of grants they always ask for data data driven information, right? Everything's data driven. But the work I do I might be on the news today, who I will and Maybe 3,000 people watching that I don't know. And maybe this person was going to kill himself or go kill somebody. Right. But I stopped him. Right. I, I so this this work I do, I never I never see the reward. Mm -hmm. Unless somebody reaches out and say it. But I don't know. You know, I might not never see this person or whoever that, whose life I did that. You know, so, you know, um, just you just got to believe in God and just, you know, know that you're touching someone somewhere. And, and and just keep it going. And you're trusting your inner vision. Right, right. Right. And that's hard sometimes when you don't get the feedback and, and you don't know how you're impacting people. I understand that very much. But um, I do understand also the vision to help. Now, you say you're working locally and um, nationally. Are you working with the city of Dayton? Are you working with the state of Ohio? Are there laws that are in process yeah well you know i work with the city of dayton uh greenfield city of columbus uh, pretty much wherever i'm needed at um 
here lately, I've been doing assemblies and, and putting programs in schools against gun violence and awareness on places and impacts of gun violence. But also, um, Senate Bill 36 was one of the first things that I fought in the state house to get revised. And December it got passed, but in March it went in full effect, and that's the, the crime competition. Which um, can you say that again? What what Senate, that bill is? Senate, Senate Bill 36. What did that? Victims of crime compensation. And what? And did that pass or did not pass? Yes, it's passed. It's, it's in effect now. And is it? It's not clear what it does. There was a glitch when you talked, and I could not hear what it does. Yeah. So, so victim of crime compensation is. So, so say that your loved one, uh, you lost a loved one to gun violence, right? Um, what victim to crime compensation does is you'll be able to fill out a paper through the attorney general's office that will pay for your, your, your funeral, your funeral expenses, mental health, if you have to take off work, all this and all of that. At first, there were so many restrictions to it. You've been in jail or stuff like that, you would get denied. I got denied that. A lot of families got denied that in Dayton, Ohio from the after the mass shooting. So Senator Peggy Laner and we started putting it on the floor, but the first year it got out because Stand Your Ground took over that bill that I was against as well. But uh, as this year it passed and now it's, it's retroactive and there's no more, there's no more regulation. I don't care if you've been in prison or nothing like that. If you, if you apply, you're able to get it in three years. So all the families in the Oregon district that was denied can go back and reapply. Okay. Barrel expenses, hospital, all of that. So say if you're off for a year, for all of that. So that's one good win. Right. And the reason why I fought that because the that bill, it was really crippling black and brown community from all this you name. Know, so you know, a lot of people didn't know what body was getting now. So now that since all the stipulations are off, now maybe they can help them because couldn't nobody have to worry about burying their loved ones when they didn't ask for them to die. That's right. And mental health, you know, um, if I don't have insurance or nothing like that, I can't receive help. Like I told them on the floor, yes, we miss our loved ones, but we are the ones that are still living here. If we don't get that help, then guess what? We're going to end up coming homeless, you know, a substance. Then once we get on substance, we start committing crime because we can't afford it. So it's, it's a whole, it's a trickle-down effect. And um, what kind of mental health coverage will they get from this bill? Oh, wherever you seek help at, they they reimburse it. Yeah, so I'm hoping that the so I'm I changed it in Ohio, but I'm working on on a national platform. So I'm hoping that uh, the rest of the country will follow Ohio's lead. Abuse the first one that changed it up. Excellent. What's your next What's your next goal as far as legal laws at the um, state house? Well, I also have a national lawsuit in across the country. First first uh, lawsuit in the country over ammunition around drunk using mine. So um, you know, we know them things pay out low. So just being patient with that and just keeping pressure and that it it it, it changed. But um right now I'm just paying attention to these bills that are being passed. I know that we see that we're not we're not stopping them, you know, the the foot filibusters and stuff like that. But um, you know, I, I continue to want to thank every any and everyone that's been calling their state representative and just voicing opinion, like, please don't give up. It will, it will change. Soon we just got to 
I know it looks daunting, but don't give up, you know, and I, you know, I just want to say thank you to all those that are out there, you know, sending letters, calling their representatives and, and about these bills that are passing through. But um, one day, one day it will, it will, it will be everything out. Dion, have you ever thought about running yourself? Yeah, they've been trying to get me to run for the longest. Yeah, yeah. And it's the right time for you. Amen to that. You know, right now, I'm, you know, I, I can, I'm not meant to be in an office right now because I'm not just in Ohio. I'm wherever my heart takes me. And being in a in confined spot, I will still make change, but I won't be able to be at places when I need because where I need to be at. Yeah. I'd like you to give the listeners, well, if they had one thing that they take home with them from the conversation with your experience, Dion, what would you like to leave them with and what would you like to ask from them? Well, you know, as a survivor and, you know, people looking in, like some people don't know how to approach and, and, and that, that goes here. This is why I came here to help out people here to let them know how to approach survivors. You know, people think that um, they say things, you know, when you go through a situation and it's all good and all good and said, but they don't, they don't mean no harm, but they say things they don't know what they're saying. Like, I get this all the time. Like, Dion, I understand what you went through. I lost my father to cancer. At the end of the day, it's two separate, it's two separate ways we lost at mine's 30 seconds. So sometimes the best thing to do, just don't say nothing and just be there. Be that support system. You know, just continue to check on them and just, just let them lean on your shoulders. But uh, it, it, it takes a lot. And, you know, um, people don't understand that, you know, sometimes the best thing to say is nothing. We know you're there. We can, we, we know your presence there. We just, we're just in a, we're just in a space right now where we're just trying to keep our take your time on how to, to move forward with them. And there's so much I can share that, you know, with survivors and just going through situations, but continue to pray and uplift these families and all these families across the country. And, um, you know, when if you see someone that's trying to c- create change, and if you're able to help out, whether it's sending letters, like be a part of that. Like we're, we're so much stronger in numbers. Yeah. We're so much stronger in numbers. You know, what hitting everybody, and you from a grocery store to a nail salon to hanging out with your father to you know, at a movie theater to you know at church. It's <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. You know, and, you know, I just want to tell people just safe and be something, say something. Keep your head on the swivel, man. Right now, this world is it's kind of crazy right now. And it's scary that, you know, we go out and put food on our table without worrying about making it back home or pumping gas and not worried about making it back home. So just just cherish these moments and live in the moments and just, just love on your family and friends because we just don't know when our last... Our last moments are here on earth. Thanks so much for joining me today. And um, I wish you the best in your work in Buffalo today. And um, when people want to find out about the Fudge Foundation, is it just fudgefoundation.org? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. So folks that want to find out more about what Dion Green is doing with his foundation, it's fudgefoundation.org. They always donate because, you know, money helped me around.
and being able to help other survivors because I try to help them with their own expenses and stuff like that when they're going through this. Always about how much money I have involved in it. All right. Thanks so much, Dion. Thank you. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN.org, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRSFM.org and at 4 p.m. on WEJPLP in Wheeling, Moundsville, West Virginia. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio, 94.1 FM, WGRN.org. We air Friday nights at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can listen to all our previous shows archived on the top post of our Grassroot Ohio Facebook page. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back.